some might wonder if there's something truly unique in the Pittsburgh water. The nickname Three Rivers is not about nothing. Nestled into the hills of western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh is a beautiful city that's seen a rebirth over the last few decades. Once the epicenter of U.S. steel production, Pittsburgh is now known for being a progressively greener city and exceedingly friendly despite their rough-around-the-edges legacy. Visit in the spring and you'll be dazzled by the seemingly infinite trillium, a sweet, low-growing, white-petaled flower blanketing hills and wooded areas that signal a warm-weather awakening. Current day, Pittsburgh is probably best known for being the home of the kindest, most profoundly moral man on television, Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers, to those of us who sat cross-legged on the floor as children, hanging on every word he said, was from Pittsburgh. His focus was on his young audience, being patient, being present. He was so skilled at slowing things down and explaining sometimes difficult situations in ways that young minds, still to this day, feel included. Timelessly and simply, he built the perfect space for a kid to be special. I like you just the way you are, he would say. Each child walking away with a better appreciation for the tender gravity of kindness. And because of the weight of one man's gratitude, there's a movement in Pittsburgh that can't be missed. Sometimes it's manifested in a small home repair. Sometimes it's a sizable cash loan. And at least once, it was the gift of life. Each deed is based on intuition and integrity. And as long as it's legal and it won't harm anyone else, this good deeder will carry on that Mr. Rogers ethos of being present for other people one deed, one neighborhood at a time. The mission is to bring friends from different situations together, sparking the act of people helping people without pretense or fear. With no strings attached and a true passion to help, it's called Does Anyone Need? And our story starts here. I'm Brooke Bechtold, and this is The Humble Brag. Pittsburgh is a city of neighborhoods. Downtown, North Side, South Side, Mount Washington, Shady Side, and Squirrel Hill. For local food and flavor, you'll head down to the Strip District. If the arts are your thing, you'll find yourself in Lawrenceville. And if you want edgy, urban, and metropolitan chic, you'll find yourself in East Liberty. Lest we not forget that Pittsburgh is home to 29 colleges and universities, including the University of Pittsburgh and Carnegie Mellon. To the delight of my and millions of other children, Pittsburgh is the birthplace of Heinz Ketchup, And that Rivers thing? At a whopping 412, Pittsburgh boasts the most bridges out of all U.S. cities. Pittsburghers are also easily identifiable by their own take on the English language. We call it Yinzers. um, Instead of saying y'all, people in Pittsburgh say Yins. And it's just like, kind of, it's like, I don't know, it's it's just a weird like urban country dialect there's a lot of colloquialisms like they say nebby for nosy and slippy for slippery slippery so it's just like it's its own little 
Yinzer world. Can you put it in a sentence? Like, <sighs> Yin's guys gone downtown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's ridiculous. Jonathan Potter lives here. Since John was eight, he's struggled with anxiety and depression, making his late teens tough. At 18, he was homeless. Living on friends' couches, bumming around with no direction, he realized he needed a change, so he traveled. He'd saved a little money, had a list of places he wanted to see, and a reasonable understanding about how traveler lodging works. He hitchhiked across Europe, staying in hostels and in people's homes. Seventy countries in all, on his own time, and in his own way. An avid paragliding, skydiving, and base jumping adventurist at the time, he spent the next 36 months meeting people, experiencing new cultures, sailing off mountaintops, and digesting what's to come, a transformative understanding of goodwill. There's this guy in, um, his name was Luca. He was in Slovenia. He just basically took in anyone. And it was it was just his house, and I don't think he really realized it was a hostel or he was doing similar thing. But he would just say yes to anyone who wanted to stay there. And I stayed there for I don't know, probably like a week or two, and just be friends with them. And I actually have a picture, one of my favorite pictures that I I didn't take too many pictures traveling, but one of them is me and him sitting next to each other. And all sorry, all the while I'm I was um, doing skydiving and base jumping and paragliding. He was kind of the catalyst of, of kindness where I realized I wanted to go back and, you know, host people like I had been hosted. Mainly, the, I mean, the main... It was the just main you take, and Luca. Yeah, it was him and his wife, too, was there. And they were just so kind. They would always take me out and they fed me. And so that's kind of... That was the, I would say, the catalyst. And that was even early on in my travels. And it took me a while to realize, like, wow, all these people were so kind to me. And I just took it for granted. So when John returned to Pittsburgh, he opened his own place to host travelers just like him, but with a twist. Yeah, 70-something countries, um, and it was all through hitchhiking and just staying on people's couches. It was basically all through the kindness of others that I was able to see the world. And I came back to Pittsburgh, and just this weight of gratitude hit me one day that I really wanted to kind of pay back what I was given. So that's when I started Not Another Hostel which was uh, pretty much the only thing of its kind in the world. I mean, it was pay whatever you want. People could come. They could stay for free. It was literally just in my house. Uh, and There was no, yeah, I mean, there's really no plan. I had just enough money to pay for the first month's bills and not enough for the second. And I just thought, you know what? If, um, if people are kind and, like, you know, don't need enough so I can keep going, then it'll keep going. And then it went on for seven years, and, like, over 6,000 guests came through them. Oh, my and it was God. Great success. Yeah. So it wasn't an open door kind of thing. So people would send me an email and then, you know, I kind of picked who I wanted to stay and not by anything discriminatory, really. It was just, you know, one like was space requirements too. like, I don't know, someone gave me a bad vibe. That was really it. So I just trusted my gut for the longest time. But then in my acceptance email, I would say like, hey, this is my mission. Um, I also currently have like a homeless couple living with me and They've been here for this long and they're totally fine. And no one ever said like, oh, well, I don't want to stay there. So it was kind of a cool, homogenous, just, yeah, just mm-hmm. this little society in this house of some homeless sub-travelers. And uh, most of the people who talked to me about it all said that they appreciated it. While running Not Another Hostel, John worked as a paraflight instructor on the weekends. 
In the spring of 2015, John saw a post on the social media site Reddit. A woman was asking if anyone could help her install a television antenna. John's a handy guy and he decided to help her out at no charge. He said the feeling of helping someone was so incredible, so we did it again. He answered a post for a cat sitter. By now, he was hooked. That's when he decided he would devote the next calendar year to helping people for free. And he did. He did daily good deeds for folks throughout his neighborhood, from getting cats out of trees, patching vinyl siding, to repairing leaky roofs, moving furniture, and minor car repairs. Running the hostel and doing these favors, over the first four years, he did over a thousand tasks. In September of 2016, John met Rachel Adler on an online dating site. I'm Rachel Adler. I am John Potter's wife um, and partner in a lot of Good Deeds Adventures. Um, But I'm also a speech therapist working at uh, the Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh. Not the only reason, but a big part of her getting this job was because we were thinking about leaving Pittsburgh. um, But at this point, she just couldn't find work. And I, you know, like I was supporting us, but... It's just hard, you know? So anyway, someone made a post and they're like, mm-hmm. hey, help Rachel out. And everyone knew that she was my wife. And, they, you know, um, so then she just got an overflowing of yeah. really, her inbox was overflowing with um, job, like interview, um, putting in a good word. So anyway, this job that she got was because someone put in a good word for her and she right. got an interview. And Someone so, did a good deed. Yeah. For us. Oh, yeah. it was such a huge deed. Shout out to Paul. Yeah, shout out to Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a hug when I saw him last week. I met him for the first time in person, and I just ran up to him and gave him a big hug. Rachel says that dating John was a little unconventional. They'd go out on normal dates that would naturally transition to going on a call to help someone, giving her a pretty good idea of what's to come. They were both quick to tell me that on their first date, They both knew that this was destiny. And in June of 2018, they married. When we're on location for a story, we want to see where we are. So we asked John and Rachel for a tour of their area, which was really great. And we set off. Do you want to do this? Because I... I honestly have no spatial awareness of anything and like... I mean, you couldn't give a pitch for Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh, like a pitch. Yeah. I was thinking of like taking like a tour, like, oh, no. when you transition over here. No. Oh, just a pitch for Pittsburgh. I have I, mine on, on down pat. For me, like, I just love it because I like the smallness. I like how down to earth most people are. Um, we have some of the coolest hole in the wall places like restaurants. Um, guy enjoy the nightlife here. Um, it just feels very much like a cozy home. Yeah, Pittsburgh's the city of neighborhoods, and that's, I mean, that's what Mr. Rogers is yeah. all about. Um, but most of the neighborhoods are all about community, like they're very tight-knit. And Pittsburgh's not small by any means, I and mean, we have millions of people here, but mm-hmm. it's just like the, the communities are tight-knit, and then every single night you go out, or you're going out to dinner, or you're just like walking around, you're always going to see someone you know, like yeah. literally every single day. You'll see someone that you know and or that like has a connection to you. Mm-hmm. Everyone jokes that there's, you know, usually the six or seven um, degrees, le- of separation. degrees of separation in the world. And in Pittsburgh, everyone's at a two. Like you, you'll <laughs> know someone or at least you'll know someone in common. We have the concrete example that 
Mr. Rogers is a cultural icon here. I mean, we literally have statues for him and he's still relevant. Like we yeah. talk about him all the time, you know, Rogers paved the way for being a good neighbor. And that's, I mean, that's what Pittsburgh's mission is about. And I always wonder if that's why I've done so well here or why my mission has spread because, you know, it's not like I'm the only one in the world doing good deeds, but I just feel like Pittsburgh has been very receptive to it. People are proud of it. People are proud of kindness here, which is, that's why we, that's why we wanted to stay. And it's hilly. I'm a serial sightseer and I love me some souvenir shops, but mostly I'm always on the prowl to meet new people and hear stories. We found out that King Friday, X the Owl, Daniel Striped Tiger, Henrietta Pussycat, and Lady Elaine Fairchild, the puppets from Mr. Rogers' Land of Make-Believe, still live in Pittsburgh, and you can see them at the Pittsburgh Children's Museum. I thought this was pretty cool, too. So we all know that steel production's been a driving force behind what Pittsburgh still is. We learned that the steel for the Empire State Building in New York City was sourced from Pittsburgh. When it arrived in the Big Apple, that's 370 miles downriver, the steel girders were still warm. Running the hostel and doing his good deeds, one night John was sitting at a gas station with plans to expand the hostel when a woman approached his car. Kind of me and my realtor, I was stressed. I was actually like eating a sandwich while the gas was pumping. Like I was just sitting, it was, yeah, I was just sitting and she knocked on my window and immediately said no. And then she asked him for a ride to a women's shelter in a blink. He said no. But within seconds, he realized what he had done and sprang into action to find her. And then, I mean, it wasn't even seconds later. It was like 20, 30 seconds later, not even. I put the sandwich down, like, I got to find this woman. And I go out and there's no other cars there. I mean, it's a quiet gas station. It's, it's in the middle of two busy streets, though, but there's no one there. And then I run all around. There's not a store she could have gone into. Like this gas station literally just has the pumps. Um, and I looked down all the streets and it's like, there's nowhere she could have gone to. So that freaked me out. And then that's what, like, I think that's what made it so profound. Um, because I realized in just an instant, even if your intentions are good at the end of the day, like, obviously I wanted to help her. I just like was scared and I said, no. So that's what hit me is like, even if your intentions are good, but your immediate reaction is, is to say, no, you lose that opportunity. And that's how I saw it was an opportunity. Like I could have helped this woman and it made me really sad that I didn't. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea what happened to her. She might've been a ghost. She might've been a hallucination or something bad might've happened to her or someone might've helped her. I don't know. It haunts me. But at this point, I don't know. We've helped so many women mm-hmm. together who are homeless and probably in similar situations yeah. that I feel like the, yeah, the net. It's come full circle. Yeah. The net um, result is good, even That's if awesome. I couldn't help her. That's awesome. well, but we know we know that there was that there was something, and so we knowing your story, we all get to keep an eye out for her now, which yeah. I think is kind of neat. I mean, I hope she's okay, but but now hearing your story now, my eyes are wide open to where's that woman at the gas station mm, in yeah. my community. You know what I mean? I like it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Shortly thereafter, John closed the hostel and quit his job as a paraflight instructor to focus his attentions entirely on starting Pittsburgh Good Deeds, a place where people can ask for help and volunteer their services. He's a self-taught handyman and has been known to turn to YouTube 
for how-to Mr. Fix-It videos. I had to ask. Has anything stumped you? Because you were saying on a couple of the other ones, you're like, yeah, I'll just look up the, you know, the directions and stuff like that. Like, okay, come on, seriously. Has <laughs> Have you ever been like, no. Ray <laughs> was here for this one, actually. The one that stumped me, which it took me a long time and other people who were there to figure out. There was this uh, couple who was disabled and they paid someone to install a chairlift, like a, um, I think that's what it's called. A stairlift. 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 Yeah. Um, so we get there, they had paid someone already, they had bought it and it was used when they bought it. I mean, they're on a tight social security budget, but they just need to get up and down the steps without falling, you know? So we get there and like the rail going up the steps is installed and they're like here's the rest of the stuff he just took off and i'm like okay and then i mean i'm not a shared stair lift technician i've never even seen one outside of a video that i watched yeah um it took us a long time and then yeah. finally like we even called the manufacturer and then the people who you know like the local dealer for it and found out that this guy had bought the wrong one uh so like he put it he put it on the right side of the stairs and it was built for the left and his um his solution was to flip it upside down. <gasps> like we're thinking that at least he did the start of it correctly. At least we're trying to build off that, but it's just all wrong. Yeah. So that one that one stumped me and made me sad. Um, but we actually one of the volunteers um, helped him because they were he, the man especially the husband was just kind of. That was the heartbreaking part. He was ready yeah. to give up. We're yeah. like, we're like, what do you want us to do? Um, and he's like, oh, I don't care. Just throw it away for all, you know, yeah. it's absolutely there. But um, one of our friends slash one of our, the volunteers that helps out the most, his name is Nico. He, um, he posted it online for him because they don't know how to use, you know, Craigslist or whatever. So he's facilitating a sale and then hopefully we can find him a new one and in install it. Yeah. But that one stumped me and still, you know, yeah, that happens all the time. People just scam the elderly a lot. Whenever Rachel and John talk about these good deeds they do, they're always quick to include their volunteers. And what's most remarkable about them is that they are the same folks who initially reached out in need of help, and John showed up. Our other kind of upcoming friend, his name is Thomas. Mm -hmm. He needed some alone, and also his car was broken down, and I helped him. But now, just out of his own free will again, he just was like, hey, John, I want to do some good deeds. And now he posted, I just saw the other day, offering his car and his time to help someone move some stuff. So, yeah. Well, we also had community dinners for a while, like weekly community dinners. Oh, yeah. Where we had just anybody from the neighborhood coming in and sharing food. And, well, that's Alicia and Nico yeah. have helped us with good deeds since we invited them into their home. That's and true. They're our friends, too. Yeah, so... A lot of people will be friends with and they'll help out with the good deeds. Elise and Zach, too. Shout out to Elise and Zach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our other friends who built me my website. Yeah. Also oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Elise for the first time with the good deeds. Yeah. Yeah. All our best friends are from good deeds. Actually, yeah. sorry, not even best. All our friends are from good deeds. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have any friends that we hang out with regularly that are not from Good Deeds. That haven't been a part of it. Yeah. Wow. That's a, okay. That's a revelation. Yeah, that's cool. And that wasn't us asking them to do it. They sought it out themselves. 
One man in particular has been a force in John and Rachel's journey as much as they've been one for him. Oh, you did. Okay, so you've you, so you've loaned out money to one person who was committing, who was considering suicide. Yeah. So this is the other. Um, he's he, a man. He is the. His name is also John J O H N. Okay. Uh, yeah, his story is honestly, I would say, more incredible than mine. Um, but now he is my my partner in the good deeds. So. I mean, literally, we hang out every day, and we, you know, we do good deeds. Or he helps me with um, contracting work, so he's my employee slash more of a partner at this point. Um, and this guy posted and said that he was considering suicide that night. He just couldn't make ends meet, and then everyone just said no. Like they they said that it was a scam. They said that he was just fishing for money. And his post actually got deleted on this forum, the big, I mean, seventy thousand member Pittsburgh forum. It got deleted because they didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. So luckily we saw, um, sent him a message, said, hey, we'll be there tomorrow. Don't do anything. He also, he mentioned he was trying to sell his phone. Um, and here we are thinking it's just a, an extra phone or just something to get by. So we get there and he has this, he doesn't have much. Like we go to his apartment, which like <laughs> coincidentally now is uh, a stone's throw away because we moved into his apartment complex. Uh, but he just has nothing. Like he doesn't has no furniture, like just nothing just it's bare bones all we can see is that he has a uh, a second room for his his kid his kid race car bed. yeah the race yeah. car bed yeah we were talking about a situation his car broke down all this stuff um yeah so he gets out this phone and he's like hey let me delete stuff and then you can have it i'm like wait is this your only phone like this is your this is your phone he's like yeah i just need the money um so he's like starting to delete pictures of his his kid and so we're like, this guy's legitimate. Like no one who is trying to scam yeah. would be deleting. And we're like, do you have this backed up somewhere? He's like, no, I don't, I don't have a computer. So I can't back up my pictures. And he's like going through and yeah, we're like, no, stop. Like you can just keep the phone. We'll just give you the money. And then that turned into a little more money. And now it's been, how long have we known him? Was it August? August. So we've known him four months. Uh, yeah. And now he's our best friend. I mean, he's a sweet dude. I've seen him, I think, for about 22 days straight now. <laughs> <laughs> not not all day, every day, but I like, you know. At some point. Seen at him. some point, I've seen him for the last at least three weeks. And then like one day and then, you know, like we see each other every single day. Um, but yeah, so he the cool part is I gave him all in all when we first met and we loaned him two thousand dollars. He said he was going to pay us back. And I, I never, I didn't tell Rachel this because this was a lot of our life savings, but I was like, I didn't expect to hear from this guy again. Or if I, we did, it would be in a long while, you know, but it was just the right thing to do. And I knew he was legitimate, but I'm like, I don't know. He just, I don't know when he could pay us back. John has started capturing video of his good deeds and he uploads them to a new website called Sparked. We have a link to it in the show notes on our website. We have a couple up right now. My favorite one, the first one we did, was a last minute call and uh me and john other other john um we we got we got a call that there was a cat stuck in a tree and it was 50 feet up so we show up there with a giant ladder and we got this cat out of a tree for this for this man so that was that was one of my favorite good deeds anytime anytime there's animals involved that need help that's you're right there they're fun to watch but the best part is seeing how john and john work together Without knowing otherwise, you would assume they've been friends and doing these things together forever. Honestly, I don't even care. It's the cool thing 
like if there's any um if there's any doubt it, or if there were any doubt in my life the fact that we keep being generous and then the universe is generous with us or whatever the whatever order there is uh, i don't want to get super religious or whatever but whatever order there, there is to the universe we keep giving away money and then we get it back like literally we bought him a car right and then this week um i i found out that someone possibly wants to give us a brand new pickup truck for our good deeds like oh, oh my god that's called karma friends right and <laughs> i've always driven karma. i mean my car is 25 years old like i've never had a new car but yeah i mean it's just sounds like so you, <laughs> you're about to get one yeah so it's karma it is so that's why like i can't even be mad i mean I don't know how much money I've given away. And I also don't know how much has been donated to the nonprofit because of my kindness. So it's, it's all a wash, I'm sure at the end of the day, or it's, you know, we come out ahead. We're not, not us, you know, but like whatever yeah, money we've your given. Community, I mean, it's, it's working. Yeah. There's a cycle to it and it's working. Yeah. That's so, yeah. In that sense, he's my favorite story. Sorry. I know that was a long, long winded answer. John's biggest good deed came last year. A woman by the name of Sarah went to a Penguins hockey game carrying a sign she had made that read, Hey, Pittsburgh, can you help another Pens fan, my dad, find a kidney? And she plastered her phone number at the bottom. A television camera flashed a picture of her on the screen, and John saw it. And so, yeah, I saw it at 2 in the morning. I woke Rachel up. I do that all the time. Anytime I'm just, like, motivated middle of the night i'll just shake her and be like rachel oh what do you think about like building pots for the homeless or what do you think about uh what do you think about me giving a kidney to a stranger <laughs> and usually she's like john just go to bed we'll talk about it so yeah that's what happened we woke up we talked about it so yeah i did some research um and then i don't know it just didn't seem as scary as i thought it once was so i don't know what eight months nine months a buy of testing and it was a perfect match for this guy which is pretty that's astonishing. incredible yeah in the months leading up to the surgery the two men met up and became really good friends john had to lose 20 pounds which he did he never slowed down yeah like usually you do a chain um if you just see someone like you'll donate to someone and it can go up to i think 30 something times is the record but it was a direct match what could be the repercussions of giving a kidney to someone well, it turns out you can live a long and healthy life with just one. So in August of 2019, John donated a kidney as a good deed. He said it went well and both men are recovered and doing great. John credits his new routine of drinking more water and watching what he eats to his quick rehabilitation. He downplays his moniker, Pittsburgh's patron saint of Reddit. I think that everyone wants to do good at some level at some core of who they are but i think a lot of people are just scared i think a lot of people um just don't feel like they have time and you know and they have other obligations with family or whatever and i just don't think that i think the common um, perception of what it is to help someone is to go down to a soup kitchen or a whatever and volunteer and like give a couple hours and so that's why I think this is catching on and this is kind of revolutionary because a good deed can literally be 20 minutes, you know, like it can be, you see this post, you go and do it on your way home from work. I mean, I've had some people do that. 
So I think that's why it's kind of catching on and people love it is because it's changing the way that we look at volunteering and it doesn't have to be this whole go and get trained in this. Like it's just offering what you can. It's changing the way you look at strangers too. Time and time again, karma or whatever you want to call it has proven that if you're generous, it's not wasted. Anne Frank wrote a beautiful essay she titled Give on March 26th of 1944. Give and you shall receive much more than you would have ever thought possible. Give, give again and again. Don't lose courage. Keep it up and go on giving. No one has ever become poor from giving. I love the connections in this poem, bringing so much of what John and Rachel hold true along with their love of Mr. Rogers' teachings. Hate and intolerance are fueled by fear, something both Mr. Rogers and the Potters know they can do something about. We also learned that Mr. Rogers lived in the same neighborhood as the tragic synagogue terrorist mass shooting on October 27th of 2018. No one has ever become poor by giving. At the tender age of 15, she was right. Humble Bragg is created and produced in cooperation with Hum Productions. Our web address is humble, H-U-M-M-B-L-E, Bragg, B-R-A-G-G dot com. Financial support for the show is generously provided by JLB Images and listeners like you. Thank you to Jonathan Potter and Rachel Adler for being our guests. We have links to Good Deeds Pittsburgh, Sparked, and the full prose of Anne Frank's poem Give on our website, and we highly recommend that you check them out. Our star team, sound engineering by Matt Wheeler. Christine Murdoch, Senior Producer and Editor. C.J. D'Amico, Associate Producer and Researcher. Jack Bechtold, Programming Intern. Norman Bauer and Lee Bechtold for Digital Artwork and Web Design. Patricia Brzezowski for Communications. Susan Johnson for Archival Consulting. Mike Leonard for Post-Production Assistance and Mentoring. And Andrew Sachs for Original Music. Subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and SoundCloud. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. We would also love to hear from you, so send us an email or find us on social media. Pitch us ideas about people who you think should be on our show. Maybe it's even you. We'll be back soon with another extraordinary program. Everyone has a story. Share. I'm Brooke Bechtold. Thanks for listening.